By track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we'll be talking about Extra Lovable, and that is with both the E and without the E, uh, as it was recorded with the E to start off with, and then Prince, as was his want, got rid of the E. Uh, this, of course, recalls the uh, the whole album, Expectation, which was missing the E's off all of those tracks. Um, it was originally recorded in 1982. Uh, at Sunset Sound, uh, and then re-recorded a bit at the Kiowa Trail Home Studio in 1983, and then remixed in 1988 at Paisley <laughs> Park uh, by Chuck Zwicky. I don't know who that is. I can't say I've heard his name before. And then in 2011, it was re-recorded from scratch uh, with Prince, John Blackwell, and Andy Allo. And then uh, horns were overdubbed by Kathy Jensen, Dave Jensen, Steve Strand, and Kenny Holman. Um, and then Prince released another version in 2013, uh, which is the version that ended up on Hit and Run Phase 2. So this is a song that basically stretched back over almost 30 years. Uh, it is effectively the oldest song that is on this album, uh, and it is the oldest song that Prince released uh, while he was alive. Um, the, the, the version without the horns, uh, there was a version without the horns released in 2013 called Extra Lovable Reloaded. Um, that was, I think, released through thirdeyegirl.com. Um, and it's really weird because, you know, the Hit and Run Phase 2 collected mostly stuff that had come out after Phase 1. Uh, but this is like one of the older songs. It was originally released as a standalone single on the 23rd of November 2011. Um, and that version was five minutes and one second. And joining me to talk about this song today is Alec Rayner. Hello, Alec. Hello, good to be here. Now, what's interesting, I think, is first of all, this song was recorded many, many years before you were alive. Yeah. And <laughs> also has been around, at this point, more years than you have been alive. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of crazy that it took Prince like almost 30 years to settle on a version of the song that he kind of wanted to release. Um, and that, you know, we eventually kind of ended up with him going, changing it from extra lovable with an E to extra lovable with just an X. Um, you know, but before we get into the song, um, you know, as this is your last appearance on the, uh, on the podcast and we are here, you know, talking about a song that's on Prince's final album, uh, you know, I, I guess we have to kind of talk about, um, you know, Prince's death, um, you know, yeah. kind of, do you remember where you were when you heard about it um, and, you know, what was kind of your reaction to it? Yes, I was, um. It was my senior year of high school, actually, and I remember, so the, um, I was in the acapella choir, which was like the highest choir, and um, they were actually planning a trip, right, and um, I didn't want to go on the trip because choir was kind of mad, and then on top of that, it was like $1,000 or something like that, and I'm just like, that, that ain't me, fam. So she was like, all right, well, only the people that are have, that go on the trip had to do this rehearsal thing, so she's like, you know because I didn't have to be there and like the five other kids that weren't going to go, she was like, y'all just go to lunch for all four lunch periods. 
and so you'll get out of my hair and I don't have to watch after y'all. And I'm like, oh shit. So it was cool. I had a really fun day. I got four lunches in a row. So it was effectively like two hours of lunch in high school. And I was having a really good time. Um, some like in the third period of lunch, um, I got a text from someone and they're like, yo, um, I, I heard that someone that is like dead in Paisley Park. And I was like, oh, really? And I, I got more texts from people. And then a couple people that I like knew came up to me because I was always like a very, um, a lot of people knew I was, I was a Prince fan. I had some shirts and stuff. I talked about them and the little like Socratic seminars and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I was like in disbelief when they told me that um, someone had died in Paisley Park because I don't think it was confirmed it was Prince until after the fact. I, I was like, yeah, I bet it's not Prince. Like, I just really was like, this, it can't be Prince. And then when it finally was like, yeah, it's Prince, I left. I like had to, I left school. Um, I went like, I found a place to just be by myself for a while. And I just, I, I didn't cry or anything, but I just like kind of looked down. And after like, um, 10 minutes, I called my mom and talked to her for a little bit because she's the one that put me on to Prince because she had the 1999 cassette, Sign of the Times was her favorite album. So it was always something that um, we liked doing together. And yeah, it was it was a very weird experience. I was, I've never really had too many significant people in my life pass away. So I think Prince hurt harder than everyone else because he was always kind of like my alternative male role model because we've always had more like hyper masculine masculine people in my life in my family and stuff like that which which is all good and all that and they never like um were like awful to me or anything but i was always prince was always someone that i felt um was their self just kind of regardless so he kind of um, felt like he was like an alternative role model for me to just be myself and try my best at stuff. And yeah, it was really crazy. And after I got home, I just went on MTV and me and my mom watched like probably like six hours of Prince music videos and Purple Rain that they were all playing. I had prior commitments and stuff I had to do that day, but I, I didn't show up to any of them. And it was it was quite the the thing i it was it, it was definitely a shock to me and probably the biggest experience i've had with mourning ever which which kind of sounds lame that i'm saying that about celebrity but i've just never really had too many people in my life that i've like actively known pass away and um this i just felt like i'd had um, I was 17, so 17 years of just listening to this guy's music and building up a collection of it. And it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a crazy day, but it was a really good day because me and my mom did a lot of cool talking and had a lot of fun watching Prince stuff and talking about it. And then um, I go on YouTube like the next day and everyone's uploading Prince stuff that I had seen like once before it got taken down, like an hour later. And I was like, all right, I need to get as many of this stuff as I could. So I downloaded so many YouTube videos. I have probably like 200 like Prince YouTube videos just I have on my computer. Cause I'm like, if the Prince estate 
um, goes and deletes this stuff, I want to be able to watch it. So for probably a solid three months, I would try to find new Prince videos on YouTube. And um, another thing that I found kind of peculiar after his passing, I was writing a lot of songs with friends and by myself and stuff and just having fun with that. But it seemed like after he passed, anytime I just thought of music, it, my head would always lead to a Prince song that I had like felt like I hadn't heard in a long time. I'd be like, oh, wow, it's been forever since I've listened to Chaos and Disorder. But now, like, um, Dinner with Dolores is, like, in my head when I'm trying to write some, like, new stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, I need to write my own shit. And then, a, like, a track off Crystal Ball, I'll think of a bass line. And I'm like, wait a second, it's just a Prince bass line. <laughs> so it was, it, it was really weird for, like, a solid, I think half a year anytime I thought of like writing my own music you would come back to something that I subconsciously took from Prince <laughs> so it was it, it, it was funny but um yeah that's my um that's a portion of my experience with Prince's death I'm not gonna um bore everyone with um a lot of other stuff but I had a unique experience with it and um a fairly healthy experience, I think so, too. The estate obviously had the official Prince YouTube channel, and they put a lot of stuff on there, and, you know, like, a lot of kind of rarer stuff. And, you know, recently they put some, you know, like, whole kind of, like, live performances on there and stuff. So I think that's that's always been, you know, it's been quite helpful because particularly doing this podcast as a resource, you know, like, all the videos that they've kind of gradually uploaded has really helped, uh, you know, with, with kind of, like, being able to get tracks to people without them, you know, without me having to kind of, like, upload my own tracks and stuff. Just them putting all the, all the videos up and stuff. Still nothing from Phase 1 on there because, obviously, that's still exclusive to titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, everything else is kind of on there officially now. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it's kind of interesting. A lot of people as well, they kind of talk about how it's against Prince's wishes and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, Prince put stuff on the Internet and then he took it down and then he put it on the yeah. Internet and then he took his, it down. His like, wishes changed a lot. Yeah, so it was, you know, like, pick a year and you can kind of find a year when Prince was happy <laughs> with the Internet and find a different year when he, you know, when he hated it, so... Um, but you know, let's talk about this song, which took so long to kind of, you know, eventually arrive at a version that Prince liked. And I feel like the irony is if you listen to like the 1982 version, which, you know, is easily found on the internet these days, uh, it sounds pretty much like the 2011 version, <laughs> like yeah. the kind of basic groove of it and the kind of the basic layout of the song is kind of similar to what it was in 19, in like 1982. It's kind of weird that it took Prince so long to arrive at a version of this song, which kind of ends up sounding like the original. Obviously, the original version sounds a lot more eighties. You know, yeah. you know, it has the kind of like the Lin sound. It has like the, you know, yep. the kind of keyboard sound that Prince Way had more back guitars then. Guitars also that nineteen eighties yeah. one kind of more almost punky, kind of like something I would expect from like the Clash or something. <laughs> yeah, whereas the kind of the the like the final version of it effectively is more kind of uh, like more like a funk song, and it has kind of like those horns as well. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting because we kind of arrive at, you know, a version that, that kind of sounds so close to the original. And yet after 30 years, Prince, I guess he couldn't rewrite it in a way that got too far from it. So we just kind of, I guess we end up with kind of Prince giving up and being like, OK, yeah. you know, here's a version. <laughs> we, we had um, something kind of similar to that happen in the previous Hidden Run album, I think, with A Thousand Kisses and stuff, A Thousand Hugs and Kisses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, 
I think there were a couple other songs at this time where there had been like earlier versions that were known of and that Prince was just re-recording. And um, I really maybe one of the big reasons about that original 80s one where you could see why there was no release on it, which they probably could have just cut out and edited it out. Because I remember at the end of it, he, he does say like that um, he would rape them or something like that in the lyrics, I think, in the 80s one. where He's talking about, yeah. I will rape you if I must or something like that. I'm on the verge of rape or something. Yeah, so I guess, I guess you know, it, it took a while, I guess, for Prince to kind of figure out that that was, you know, not the correct way to finish yeah. the song. Um, you know, and I, I guess it does, it's weird because the song still kind of has this, uh, you know, there's a few songs from the early 80s that Prince did that have this kind of, I don't know, I'll say stalkerish kind of vibe to them. Yeah. And there's a just kind of a little bit that's still there, you know, like there's this, this kind of talk of, you know, whenever you need someone to take a shower with you, you know, please call call me up, please. Uh, you know, extra lovable, honey, don't you want to, don't you want to take a bath with me? You know, the whole, uh, that kind of, uh, don't you want a bath? You know, that, that thing is also in um, Bar- Ballad of Dorothy Parker, I think he kind of, kind of half quotes the song a yeah. little bit there. Um, you know, so, uh, I, so that's kind of like what he's, you know, what he's saying in the chorus. And then in the verses, he has this whole thing of, uh, you know, you got a dozen little sexy tricks that a dozen cities in the U.S. won't ever allow. But, you know, uh, you know, you never do, never do you boast like other chicks who who think that they're fine and love. Said you love the floor, and that's where I dig about you most is that you keep it in your hand until I want it. Like, <laughs> so there's this this like it's like obviously a very kind of like sexual song, but there is this kind of weird like overtone of. You know, maybe this person doesn't re- like Prince. Seems to know stuff about this person, but maybe this person doesn't know Prince. Um, you know, so there is this kind of one-sided relationship. You know, I know my rap is strong, which I kind of like from Prince. Uh, not as strong as your perfume. That's okay. I like it. So, like, you know, not as much as I would like to see you, uh, like a chance to see you dancing naked. And again, that implies that Prince has never seen this person naked. Therefore, he's not really in kind of like a reciprocal relationship with them. Like this is all one sided and it's just him expressing his thoughts, um, you know, and I guess maybe like in the in the 1980s version, it is kind of a bit. I, uh, there's a there's a there's some songs that Prince did kind of like on 1999 and controversy and stuff that have that kind of a little bit of a sinister overtone to them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of that's kind of more prevalent in the 1982 version than it is in the kind of the, the 2011 version. I remember a set of lyrics from the 1982 version where he says, baby, you can turn my mama on. And she's just as straight, just as straight as straight can be. And I'm just like, what the, <laughs> the actual? <laughs> it's just so like weird. You felt like he was trying to like skirt the line, like kind of on purpose. It was, um, yeah, a lot of stuff that was just really weird around um, that time. A lot of lyrics that were definitely eyebrow raisers that Prince was kind of known for in the early yeah. 80s. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because, like, you know, if Prince had kind of redone the 82 version just a little tiny bit, I think it would have fitted well on something like the Black Album. Yeah. Um, you know, which has stuff like Bob George and Cindy C. And I think this kind of feels like it's one of those type of songs. Like it feels like Prince is expressing thoughts to someone who probably doesn't know that Prince is doing this, um, you know, and, and kind of he's at a distance from this person, much like in Cindy C. Uh, you know, it doesn't turn threatening, but the kind of, you know, 
uh, this, you know, might be kind of popular if you want. I'm yours. Like, I, I don't know. It, 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 he, I mean, he does actually say scandalous in here as well, which I kind of love because obviously, you know, yes. it, 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 it's scandalous. I don't know. I, song. At, at this point, I don't know if, like, the 2011 version, it feels maybe that's just Prince doing a little reference to scandalous, but, you know, in the original. You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, but yeah, I I, I kind of I, I don't know the fact that it's called extra lovable as well. I think is kind of funny because it that's kind of a uh, like you'd expect a song like called extra lovable to be a bit more kind of like I don't know more of a ballad, but this yeah. this kind of <laughs> this yeah, doesn't really feel like it's almost yeah. I think even yeah, both versions kind of have that aggressiveness to it more so in the eighties one, but even in the the two thousands one, there's a kind of the rhythms and the way he sings it i still think are a little supposed to be an aggressive kind of song <laughs> yeah so it's i don't know I, I find the song a little bit kind of odd like you say you know it took almost 30 years for this song to eventually kind of you know turn into something um and there's kind of like you know there's just like various different versions of it at different stages uh, you know, even Andy Yellow at one point kind of streamed like a version of it on her Facebook page. Um, and, you know, there was a point where Prince kind of did like a, you know, a couple of Third Eye Girl shows where he kind of played it as well. Um, and I, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that eventually it, you know, it ends up on um, Hit and Run, you know, phase two. I, I, I mean, I, to me, I guess obviously it doesn't have like the kind of uh, the overwhelming Josh Welton production on it. So I guess maybe that's why it wasn't on phase one. Um, but I don't know if it really fits on phase two as well. Like, uh, you know, a lot of the other songs on this are kind of a bit more mature and this feels, you know, very much like kind of early eighties Prince. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of recorded in the days where he was doing stuff for vanity six. So, <laughs> so yeah. um, you know, it's, it's kind of from that time and then, you know, it's, it's basically on his final album. Like it's, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, and even then it, like when it was on his, you know, by the time it found its way into its final album, it's like it'd been around for like another three years before it, you know, eventually landed on an album. Um, you know, so maybe Prince uh, just liked rewriting the lyrics to some of his songs. Cause, um, I've seen like, you know, around this time, I, I feel like I remember him doing DMSR instead of work that body, like you're a whore, he says, work that body down to the floor or some, something like that. Maybe he's has fun rewriting some of this stuff like having <laughs> stupid dumb clean versions like um i was at somewhere and i heard this the clean version of the straight out compton album and they just had to rewrite their like entire verses almost <laughs> and it was so freaking funny so any anytime i hear some crap like like where someone has to rewrite it to make it like cleaner or something like that i'm always like i wonder if they were just laughing their ass off while doing it <laughs> yeah it's weird because like when eminem became like huge like my name is over here got to like number two and like the version that was always played was like the you know the clean version and basically some of the, the kind of verses make absolutely no sense because every <laughs> line has been rewritten and it and it none of it hangs together and it, it's it's kind of nonsensical. Uh, so I don't know. I, mean, I think maybe some rappers had fun doing the clean <laughs> versions of stuff where they had just rewrote stuff and it made no sense. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This song, uh, I don't know. I kind of like the original way it sounded. Like you know, if Prince had just kind of updated the original a little bit, maybe. 
I don't know, maybe it would have been a four out of five, but I feel like kind of the 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 version that's on Hit and Run Two is kind of a bit too kind of clean. Yeah. And it doesn't really fit with the subject matter, like the production feels at odds with what Prince is singing. So for me I would say I can't go any higher than maybe a three out of five. I think I would I would um one up that and give it a four out of five. Even though I wish the production was more grittier because it feels like a gritty aggressive song. Um I it just still like I think a really strong highlight of the album and a pretty um interesting single to hear Prince re rework it and um I always have a fun time listening to either version of this. But yeah, I, th- I think the production's a little bit too clean for my liking to be like a perfect Prince song. But I, I think there's still enough elements there that I really enjoy. Uh, Prince, you know, he played it live a little bit because, you know, it, it uh, the single came out to promote uh, his Welcome to Canada tour at the end of 2011. Um, so he played it a couple of times in 2011, 2012. Uh, and then occasionally played it in 2013, 14. Uh, but after that, he, you know, he was on his piano and microphone tour, and I don't think you could do this as a piano song. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it would really work. I don't know. If there's a way that he could perform this on the piano and microphone tour and make it fit in. Um, so you know, he didn't perform it after 2014. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I think it's kind of an odd track, and you know, I, I think this is something that maybe we're going to see a lot more of. You know, the stuff that comes out of the vault. Um, you know, uh, uh, kind of in recent decades, let's say we've had stuff like you know the whole kind of pet sounds thing where you can hear like all the oh yeah you know, like, like on, on like versions yeah ten CDs yeah you knows can have like stuff. yeah you can you can hear like thirty <laughs> seconds of someone singing a single line from Good Vibrations and so I don't know if if the if the you know if the estate will take that approach and maybe give us like um you know uh albums but with all the different songs that were going to be on them or the different versions of those songs um or you know like a maybe uh, you know officially the original version of extra lovable was never released although obviously it is out there for people to hear Um, so i wonder if there's a number of songs that prince had kind of done later on in his career where they have like early 80s versions and maybe some of the albums that get put out by the estate when they remastered them maybe you know if they were to remaster phase two um, and add the original version of Extra Lovable yeah. in there and stuff. You know, that that would be kind of interesting um, to kind of hear some of the other songs that were, Prince was doing around this time that might have been on this album. You know, that yeah. I think that kind of thing would be worth listening to. You know, they did that a little bit with the, the kind of Purple Rain, with the deluxe Purple Rain, where they had, like, alternate versions of certain songs. And, yeah. you know, it's always kind of interesting to hear. Um, yeah. So, you yeah. know, if, if the original version ever gets an official release, it'd be quite interesting to, to hear, you know, the reaction to it. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised but, with uh, the Purple Rain Deluxe, they didn't just go ahead and do like a Pet Sounds or something they do with Sgt. Peppers, where it's like, uh, if you want the really expensive, like 10 CD version. Because I feel like Purple Rain is like the album that they could get away with releasing like 10 CDs of just random print stuff that he recorded around there because it was <laughs> like his landmark album. But yeah. um, instead, we just got the three CDs two of them with music we've already heard and then we got the the dvd um, yeah movie yeah. but i mean you know that might be the approach they might take with some other albums later yeah. on down the line is to kind of give us some of the early 80s demos and stuff that we you know that for for like later songs for stuff like raven to the joy fantastic where i guess if you're going to remaster that album why not give us like the 80s versions of some of those songs that are on there that we know had been hanging around for a couple of decades yeah i don't um, think anything you know, new is supposed to be on the forever rave collection well, so that's yeah i know i that was a little disappointing 
Um, well, but hopefully we'll get a 1999 kind of remastered deluxe, which I feel like would probably be the next logical state. And I think Extra Lovable would be a pretty strong candidate for that album if they had outtakes from 1999. That I guess, but I think I think this is the thing is like you know at this point as a Prince fan, you know obviously having discussed his death a few times now on these episodes, I think that the problem that we have is, you know, there's nothing new coming out from Prince, you know, it's as big as the vault is, it's, it's all old stuff. And, you know, the kind of, you know, I think that the, the estate will probably handle it quite well, but, uh, you know, I think it just depends on, on, on kind of the approach they want to take, you know, if they were to take the kind of like, you know, 10 CDs of, of one particular album, you know, I, I wouldn't mind having like every version of everything that was originally going to be on, you know, the 1986 version of Crystal Ball, like that would be interesting. Or, you know, if they did like a proper version of the Camille album, which had, you know, Rebirth of the Flesh officially released, stuff like that. I You know, in terms of like the future of what Prince is, I feel like, you know, maybe getting some tracks out there that people have already had bootlegged for a number of years might be a good first step. And then after yeah, that, clean you know, some like yeah, start that to don't kind of have like dig into the <laughs> scratches and all that. Yeah, yeah. you know, then, just kind of dig dig in there and kind of give us give us stuff we haven't heard, but you know, even give us stuff we've heard, but just better versions. You know, yeah. Um, um, some footage too would be pretty cool because he recorded. I, I I feel like I've heard from multiple times, like every concert, he had a film crew there and stuff like that. Yeah, so I I feel like yeah. um that would be a pretty cool avenue of things to do. Like I remember at one point they said they were gonna do the um the First Avenue nineteen eighty three concert where we first did Purple Rain, I Would Die For You, Baby I'm a Star, all that. I I yeah. feel like that was supposed to be a Purple Rain Deluxe and then it came out and it just wasn't there. So that yeah. would have been a so cool it, one to have looking nice. Yeah, it's like like all the kind of performances that he's recorded at Paisley Park, you know, all the kind of, you know, hundreds of music videos that were never released. It'd be nice to kind of have some kind of access to that at some point in the future um but anyway uh i feel like we said about as much as we can about extra lovable uh uh is there anything that you wish to plug one final time alec yeah yeah um alec Rain in 98 is my twitter handle hit me up if you have any kind of projects or anything or if you want to talk about prints talk about whatever um enjoy talking i enjoy listening enjoy discussion and um a very thank you for letting me be on this podcast it's always been a very fun time i enjoy geeking out about this kind of print stuff and uh, it's the first time i've done something like this so i i've had a great time and i appreciate the opportunity well uh you know you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitch for prince podcast or you can email us not sure where you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here alec all these very many times that you have been on the podcast uh, you're very welcome glad to do it and otherwise goodbye goodbye Just came to tell y'all From the darkest desperation To the highest bliss Power to the ones aware Big city.